You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 604, Eurovision gets weirder, Morrissey gives a pilot the slow hand clap, broadcasting couples at war, Vernon Kay settles down at Radio 2, and when Robert Plant was in two places at once. That's all coming up after Teenage Fan Club and Tell Me What You See. That's one of my favourite Beatles mm. covers ever. It's d- dismissed by Paul McCartney as a filler track for help. Oh. No, Paul, you don't know what you're talking about. I rate exactly. it. I, I do rate it much more highly. I do. There's rather a spooky edge with some of the lyrics because they were taken from a, mm. a religious. Uh, the words were taken from a religious plaque that was mm. on the wall of Aunt Mimi's house when oh, John. Ah, okay, okay, that that makes sense. It makes sense that Lennon would do that as well. I think. Yes, that, that is it is very logical. Lennon. That, that, that was a splendid cover though from 2001. Mm. Teenage fan club and tell me what you see. And actually, teenage fan club always erred towards the Beatles, the Beatle, particularly the McCartney Beatle, and their kind of cheery sort of uh, upbeat kind of jangles. So yes, a, a great cover by a great band. That's a great choice to cover a Beatles song. Welcome to the Parish Council. It's episode 604. I'm Terence Stackham, and here she is, the Holly Willoughby to my Philip Schofield. It's Juliet Harris. <laughs> Do you know, of all the people you've compared me to, I feel that's mm, not in the top five. Good, good <laughs> evening, everybody. <laughs> I must admit there were times last week when watching the, the Eurovision Song Contest, I felt I was I was lost in some space loop <laughs> and that time had lost all meaning, especially especially in the gap between the voting lines closing and the scores being announced. That on its own felt like there were three or four hours and just drifted. <laughs> 
Now, there were some weird highlights this year. The fellow from Finland mm. with his neon green bolero jacket that only consisted <laughs> of the collar and the sleeves. Indeed. And um, the winner, Lorreen, her, her lengthy fingernails, which gave rise to much speculation in our house as to how she carries out jobs around the house. Yes, indeed. How does she open car doors? Yeah, that is a good <laughs> question. Precisely. And um, also a 10-second clip of the Princess of Wales playing the piano. Yes. For me, Jules, there was only one real winner, TV presenter for the UK coverage, Hannah Waddingham. Ah, you see, if you're not in love with Hannah Waddingham, there is something slightly wrong with you, is my view. She was unknown to me, by the way, before this. Mm. I didn't. I was really with her from Ted Lasso, which I enjoy very much. And I I, I was vaguely aware of her from musical theatre some years ago. I think she's one of those. She's one of those people who I'm delighted she's having her moment in the sun. And I think everybody is. Um, What a what a a, a charming, personable, pleasant woman that is just really and also very game as well. She's in that kind of British, slightly stagey tradition. There is something stagey about her, but that doesn't annoy me. I think she's lovely. So obviously I am officially in love with Hannah Waddingham now. What a what a doll yes like you i found myself wondering what happened at various points mm-hmm. um i i always enjoy it in eurovision i enjoy its silliness i buy into the kind of daftness of it yes like you big fan of finland i was what I was at a party and i was in a room of about 20 people who all enthusiastically shouted the cha 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 bits during that song so we were very keen also someone pointed out the bit where he's in a cage at the beginning and he's kind of singing to you through the gauge someone sent me a picture of the uh, children's 90s toy bog Goblins, which were sort of these rubber kind of goblins that you bought in a box that looked like a cage and they were like oh it's nice to see these are, these are making a comeback um there were a couple of entries which a, a friend of mine very politely sat next to me said I don't understand what is going on here. One was Croatia and they're bizarre. They're right near the end. They had those bizarre men in kind of military-esque outfits that also looked a bit sort of a fetishy. They were very strange. Ukraine seemed to be a mega mix of stuff that I didn't really want, but uh, obviously very much enjoyed the sort of staging. I, I thought it was beautifully put on by the city of Liverpool. I thought that the kind of joint hosting with the with, with the Ukraine was very sensitively done. I enjoyed that very much. Um, for, you know, for me, there were some great acts. We we all enjoyed the opening act, which we'll hear in a bit. The Austrian girls who um who who pop bitch um the emailer always has an unmissable guide to Eurovision each year, in which it points out you know what keys certain songs do well in and do badly, what BPM works and doesn't. Um, if you want to win, and usually I don't think anybody had won at ninth before, but usually you would expect to be in sort of 15th to 23rd if you want to, over 26 entries if you want to win. It does all this and it gives a, a, a one sentence summary of some of the acts and it says sounds like this, looks like that and they described Austria as looking like a BBC3 breakthrough sketch duo which I thought was quite a good look. They did have that look yeah. about them, those two women. I also enjoyed their dismissal of Poland which at the time someone had said oh this is a bit like when you go on holiday you know abroad and you'll buy a swimming pool and you hear that summer's big kind of Euro pop hit as i put it at the time this is a bit all inclusive for me this song and uh, and pop bitch described it as one for the wine o'clock crowd which i thought was quite a good airy dismissal and um, the british entry did not fare very well we felt sorry for may muller we thought it was a very good song and um, that was co-written by um Karen Poole, formerly of Alicia's Attic with her sister Shelley and daughter of Brian Poole of Tremolo's fame was one of the, the writers on that. We felt that it was a, a good song but we felt the performance was a bit underpowered and that the staging was very confusing so so we weren't terribly surprised mm. when it didn't do very well. Um, we also enjoyed the, uh, the, the the Portuguese lady or as I put it at the time Lily Allen has worn very well. We enjoyed <laughs> clapping along with her. We enjoyed the very French lady girl lookalike who still managed to be the world's most French woman. She appeared to be wearing some sort of beret. The only thing she missed was a, cha- a string of onions around her neck and she would have been the most French person that had ever lived. But um, yes, we enjoyed it all. Um, we enjoyed the halftime tribute, some of the enjoyable interpretations of um, of British, of Liverpudlian pop songs. Imagine was the slightly annoying kind of dirge. It always mm-hmm. is. Um, we enjoyed um, Meta, formerly winner with Toy for Israel's uh, enjoyable take on on, uh, on you spin me round 
Um, we did in, we did think that Daddy Freya, the uh, Icelandic entry from a couple of years ago, for a couple of years, um, his lovely version of Hold Again with everybody with him on their jumpers, we enjoyed. And uh, the very, actually very moving performance of You'll Never Walk Alone with the footage of people outside town halls in Ukraine was lovely as well. We enjoyed the um, increasingly desperate pairing in the videos beforehand of a scene from, you know, that country or, or Ukraine and then pairing it with something from the UK. We enjoyed some large bulges being paired with Stonehenge at one point. We felt that was that was starting to grasp a little bit for things. Usual thing. I went home just before the voting started and uh, didn't really miss very much. I don't think we. Um, no. I had I had quietly tipped Israel as my kind of outsider to do quite well, um, and they came third. So I was pleased to mm. pleased to sort of predict that again. A rather poppy sort of. It was based on unicorns and you know all that. And I just thought that kind of stuff would play well, and it did. I always enjoy the cities of Eurovision. There are always things that you won't see anywhere else you would not see you know the australian weird 80s coming on in a car that you would see anywhere else you would not see finland's cha 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 you would you just wouldn't see this stuff elsewhere and i think and most of the music is of a reasonably good quality if you like that sort of thing if you like kind of upbeat sort of you know vaguely euro leaning pop some of it's quite good fun I was a bit left a bit stone cold by the winner, but it was the bookie's favourite, so not not surprising. Graham Norton's usual patter, I thought was quite good. I enjoyed. There was an extremely Italian-looking man representing Italy to the point where if you'd asked the lab to come up with the most stereotypical Italian-looking man, as Graham Norton put it, this man's from Italy. Who knew? So, um, so yes, we we liked it very much. The um, the bloke covering Imagine it, when when he's saying imagine there's no countries i thought well no don't imagine that too far mate you mm. have no eurovision if well, there were no countries. i mean um, somewhat you uh, know it was picked for the sentiment rather than for the yes, detail absolutely. i sense no you're right there was a lot of angst um the uk entry may muller finished second mm. last uh second from last but um of course that's nothing compared to the outcry in germany they finished last yes. as they did last year and mm. in 2021 and 2019 they came second last mm. They were only spared in 2020 because of COVID. There wasn't. Indeed, there wasn't. they had the that German... terrible man in 2021 with his ukulele that was said, oh, "I don't feel hate." So unfortunately, everybody else very much did, if I remember correctly. The German newspaper Bild ran the headline this this week on um, on Monday. Why are we still putting ourselves through this? So mm. you know, really a little bit of introspective German Schadenfreude there. Indeed. Um, yeah. Now, um, moving on from Eurovision, we we like to keep an eye on pals of the parish council as yes, they journey do. through yes. And I was thinking perhaps we might even introduce an occasional feature entitled Morrissey Watch. Um, uh. as, as the Darth fellow, he, he's found himself in the news again after kicking off on a plane that was travelling a short hop from Heathrow to Dublin. However, because bad weather temporarily closed Dublin Airport, the plane had to be diverted to Shannon on the mm. West Coast. And Jules, that's when Morrissey decided to blame the onboard crew for the weather. Indeed, yes. Well, I, uh, given that Morrissey seems to be very much playing to the Daily Express crowd nowadays, <laughs> and given the Daily Express's obsession with the weather to the point where, you know, did snow kill for Princess Diana, etc., from the Daily Mail, you know, it's, it's, you know, everything is the weather's fault to the Daily Mail, and it's going to kill, and not Daily Express, my apologies, unusually my apologies to the Mail, I mean the Daily Express. Um. So, so yes, given that it's somewhat ironic that, you know, that, that he, is, he is courting the the express and you know express the express readership and having issues with the weather um one uh, eyewitness described his behavior on this flight as really obnoxious and spiteful yes you've met morrissey i hear i mean you know it doesn't this is reported by the by by the mail as if it is news um he is said to have been demanded to be let off the plane and jeered at the crew Having said that, not a fan of the mail, but uh, Nick Pisa, whose name that I uh, I misread initially and thought it was some <laughs> like like Glenda Slag, I thought it was some 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 spoof account, but anyway, said um I very much enjoyed this opening line. Controversial singer Morrissey lived up to his big mouth strikes again classic, <laughs> demanded to be let off a plane when it diverted due to bad weather. Um, so he's 63 nowadays, and he really is um. He said um, he, he said he demanded to be let off the Airbus A320 as he didn't want to be hanging around in a coffin for hours. I mean, who does? You know, what makes mm. you so special, Stephen Patrick Morrissey, that, that everybody else on the crew is uh, managing to uh, um, 
and, and, and to be fair, the cabin crew member gave him more of an audience than I would have done by saying, we have to put the paperwork in the computer, close the door, and then off we go. I thought that was pretty calm in the circumstances, mm. personally. But yes, he was. He, he did give it some. He was slow. He slow clapped to the captain, apologising for the delay. Yes. Come on, Moors, that's really not very good. Um, he said, um, they said, we're doing everything we can to get to, to, back to Gravity. We really appreciate your friendship. He said, what, what, this means nothing. Mm, oh, I don't know. Anyway, I just, I've just had enough of Morrissey, really. Um, they said he looked like he'd been drinking and was at the front in business class and was asking for gin and tonics all the time. Oh dear. Um, so it sounds like Morrissey's had a day out. Um, he's rather ruined everybody else's day out. Though I have to say, if I was on a plane with Morrissey being a complete idiot, he would at least have a story to tell, wouldn't you? I suppose. But um, Morrissey, mm-hmm. I'm a regret to inform you, remains Morrissey. Yeah, I mean, having seen the video clip of of Morrissey berating the pilot and the crew and, and also mm. reading about his behaviour in that article, just one thought came to my mind, what, what a buffoon. Mm. But also, I, I, I suspect, and you mentioned he's 63, were we able to tell the 17-year-old Morrissey full yes. of youthful enthusiasm that one day what, 45, 48 yes. years later, he would be sitting in business class in a blue suit, being rude and disrespectful to all and sundry. He probably would have been horrified. I mean, but mm. what an insignificant, silly little fellow he's become. Yes, absolutely. And also it says in the Daily Mail of all places, and, oh God, if you ever wanted a summary quote of how wrong Morrissey has gone in life, you know, aside the political background to all this, in 2020, he was slammed for appearing on an episode of The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon wearing a For Britain badge, a far-right political party which even Nigel Farage has criticised as being made up of Nazis and racists. If you're in a gang which Nigel Farage finds too, finds too, too to the right and too racist, I suspect you might be in the wrong place. So, um, So, you know, what can I say can we please never ever introduce Morrissey as friends of the parish podcast ever again thank you yes indeed um what a twerp Mm, coming coming next a punch up on stage in Manchester wow and when broadcasting couples fall out Mm, I mean you know who knows we still love each other but not everybody is that lucky yes that's right after from Eurovision (laughs) Taya and Selena oh my god you're such a good writer
surely one of the greatest opening lines of all time. There's a ghost in my body and he is a lyricist. Um, I, as I said to someone when this performance finished on the evening, everything about that worked for me. There was nothing about that I would have changed. It was a genuinely the cracker sort of thing one wants from Eurovision. A genuinely really quite strong disco song with a, a ridiculous lyric about being possessed by the spirit of Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> also very much enjoyed them taking time out to ding Spotify for paying 0.0003 pence per play. That is what that is behind that. Mm. Um, 00003 Give me two years and you'll do Dinner is on me, I think, is how the lyric goes. Very so, good. so big fan of their political, their, their sort of soft political statement there. Big fans of them in general. That is what I want from Eurovision. I felt very sad for them that they were drawn first because as a result of which performed badly in the public voting because my the room I was in enjoyed them very much. When we were voting afterwards and someone said, who you voted for? I said, Austria. Everyone went, oh yeah, they were good, weren't <laughs> they? And if you perform early, it's not going to really go very well. It's just a great shame. I, w- I wouldn't like them if they had been drawn later on i think they would have had much more of a chance but that was who the hell is edgar by taya and selena isn't it yeah taya and selena yeah i particularly particularly find it interesting how much better the eurovision songs sound Mm. on this studio recording which Mm. is what we heard there rather than the echoey over reverbed and nervy rendition we get on eurovision it's it it's almost reborn on this version absolutely I thought yeah. I thought that having watched the video again after listening to it, I thought they did pretty well. But yeah. yes, I agree with you. It's, uh, the, the studio versions are always magic. One band we talked about recently mm. is the Scottish indie band The View, because indeed. we highlighted the terrible lyrics to their new single. Oh, Feels rotten. like yes, awful, indeed. misogynistic, yes. full of values that would have seemed out of date. 60 years ago really yes absolutely yeah anyway the view are on tour right now and (laughs) it's not going very well no not Uh, massively well (laughs) earlier this week the tour had reached manchester and jules there's fan captured footage of an almighty bust up on stage between the singer and the bass player. Oh my goodness. I mean it's one of those things where the way the video is is framed it seems to explode out of nowhere which in itself is quite entertaining. I always enjoy those sort of explosions in in things that aren't meant to involve fighting like you know football and things <laughs> like that where one minute everyone is just you know playing a game and the next thing you know this brawl has just erupted from nowhere. They're always my favorite sort of brawls. The kind of completely random ones. Like when you'd be at school and there'd be a fight somewhere. And I remember someone saying to me once that they went to a quite a rough secondary school near me and they said there were so many fights that you'd walk away from watching one, walk into somebody by accident, and then you would become the next fight. And I feel like this has sort of happened here. So the view just, they just start dumping each other, don't they? This is what's Ooh, so crazy amazing. about it. They're literally one minute they're playing the gig, the next they're just, you know, at, not, not like, the thing that's so embarrassing about it is it's not like you can just there are certain spats when you see band members arguing on stage that you know it's happening over the music or or you know you can kind of write it off as you know you can pretend it's something it's not you cannot pretend that this is not a massive punch up because it very very there is no way in which that bass player is playing that bass they are they are very much um having a brawl all i can say is any band that releases those terrible lyrics and that terrible song like yeah. we prompted on the other week is clearly not creatively in a wonderful place. And it would seem that morally and spiritually and, and emotionally they're not in a wonderful place either. So I wonder if we will hear soon that the view have decided not to continue. Well, you're right. I mean, it's, ter- it's all terribly awkward as they 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 have more dates to fulfil. And, and a new <laughs> I mean, album. I'd go along just with a punch up. I mean, <laughs> in a way, it's quite it's quite appealing, isn't it? Shall we go? It sounds good. They did a new album coming out next month as well. So I mm-hmm. guess we will see if they survive this rather large yes. blip in their career, as you say. Right, yeah. Indeed. Um, I've always thought that Morecambe and Wise, uh, for older mm. listeners and younger viewers, get you go to <laughs> Wikipedia, Morecambe and Wise got it right. Um, their respective wives didn't get on at all. Mm. And in terms of offstage interests, Eric and Ernie, well, they didn't have much in common. So although they were extremely friendly, they weren't friends. Mm. And I think it's a crucial difference in that they could finish a professional engagement, perhaps on stage or at television centre, mm. but then they would head off to their homes and only really get back together again at their next professional engagement. Mm. But so I always think whenever radio or television presenting duos mm. tell us that, tell us that, you know, oh, it's almost like a marriage and how mm. they are BFFs. 
then it almost always ends in disaster, mm. as we're now finding out in the lives of Holly and Phil Jules. Indeed, the um, the the, uh, the the mainstays of uh, this morning for some time, having been having bumped off Eamon Holmes and Ruth Langford. Eamon Holmes apparently very much twinkling away about this on GB News. Um, it was reported as saying that he thought that the BAFTAs at the Best Acting Award should go to Holly and Phil. Um, very, very, you know, as, you know, as much as I don't enjoy the output of GB News, it's um, equally, I thought that was that was rather enjoyable. Um, it, that was observed by Marina Hyde, by the way, who wrote on this and was as unmissable as she always is in The Guardian. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of her as a um, as a writer as regular listeners know and she said it's the nation the headline it's the nation's favorite cocktail phil and holly on the rock sickly sweet at first <laughs> and then quite sour um she said of course there are other matters for our country to address but this is the one that really matters they are us we are them she said phil schofield's this morning careers lying in state on a catafalk and the cuter run to view it currently runs to 10 miles um she makes this lovely um she said, she says, yet still they come. What a testament to that guy's politic, uh, particular commentary. She she quotes um, a comedian remarking when the loathed Hollywood exec Harry Cohn died back in the 1950s, 2,000 people attended the funeral. And this comedian remarked, it only proves what they always say, give the public what they want to see and they'll come out for it. <laughs> I sense that there is a, you know, this is the sort of one of the many bases of this, really, that, you know, Holly Willoughby wants to do her own thing here. I suspect she's got all the, the the mark of a woman that wants to go off and do interesting things, and yes, it perhaps you know perhaps that has caused friction and ructions. I mean, it is. I, I very much enjoyed the Marina Hyde article. I very much, you know, it's one of those things where I was saying this to, to someone the other day. We were like, oh, you know, half of me is like, oh, I don't care about this at all. It's ridiculous, and half of me is like, oh, so so you know, it's always <laughs> it's always the things that we are. Um, and also very much enjoyed it was reported in december amanda holden is unexpectedly good value at times i must say she doesn't hold back when she says things in december 2019 it was reported that ruth langsford former presenter of uh, of um, this morning on fridays um had made an official complaint about phil a stand she was supported in by phil's former occasional co-host amanda holden who stated i admire anyone who sticks up for themselves and it is not an easy thing to do there is a tin opener and a can somewhere and other people have found the opener i think that is beautifully put as as always um it was all very um it's all very unfortunate. Um, it's, you know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of, you know, this nonsense taking up time. Having said that, though, ish, well, you know, who knows? It will be a, it will blow over and we'll all talk about something else soon. But um, yes, having read that in Popwitch, I'm tending to lean towards Holly Willoughby. I'm saying, Holly, get out while you can. I am sure that that, you know, BBC Two will have a place for you. Let's Let's give it a go. Why not? There's, you see, there's been precedents over the decades that maybe should have served as a as warnings to Holly and Phil. Indeed. I mean, Twenty or twenty five years ago, Eamon Holmes and the over ambitious Anthea Turner. Oh yes. Had a very difficult relationship on morning TV. Holmes called her a sulky prima donna, and their TV partnership collapsed. Also, and how you're... is it always Eamon Holmes that ends up in the middle of these storms Strange, as well? That is the yes. question to be answered. We have Frank Boff and Selena Scott. Frank mm. Boff and Fern Britton uh, both ended disastrously. Susanna How is Regan, it always the men that, that seem to be the common factor to this city? Well, indeed. In all of these, in fact, because also uh, I was thinking of Susanna Reid and Piers Morgan and Adrian indeed. Charles and Christine Bleakley. In every mm. single case we've mentioned uh, there, uh, the, the chaps bear a heavy burden, I think. Indeed. If, if only Holly had learned from the past. I mean, Schofield, though, I find mm. him a, a, an enigma. He's yes. the squeakiest of squeaky clean people on TV. Mm. Yet there always seems to be something tawdry going on away from the cameras. Mm. I mean, he he was recently. I mean, he's not to be responsible for his brother, of course. No, his of brother course. Is, as his brother is, you know, that that has been well publicised recently. But yes, it's very. The, the the coming out of gay on of him on on this morning had the timing in the week had a suggestion that maybe something was coming in the Sundays I think yes. it was done on a on a sort of Thursday or Friday yeah there is just something about it that just seems a bit 
I don't know. But who knows? Could be everything is fine. We're just being cynical, cynical people like this. This podcast known for its cynicism, I'm sure. But um, yeah, there's something about it that is there's something about him and his sort of a surrounding vibes, a trust the vibes city. And I feel I haven't done a vibes check as apparently millennials are meant to do nowadays. I found the vibes to be questionable. Yes, I mean, thank goodness we we are more than Morecambe and Wise than the Holly and Phil. I feel so, yes. I mean, we live in separate counties and perhaps that's <laughs> But, you know, but having said that, we come together every week and it's always a joy. Coming right up, we listening in to Vernon Kay's first week, mm. plus some strange stories from this week in pop history. Mm. That's next after Booker T. Jones. I love it on the south side. They know how to deal. Take it up to Ernst Mound. We're representing Memphis. I like it at the Harlem House. Almost good as at my mama's house. Make it out of Klondike. We're representing Memphis. I grew up there, so don't talk about my city. From the hood to the burbs, we all stay busy. From the bottom to the top, we got it on lock. We're representing Memphis. Get up to Orange Mile. We're representing Memphis. I like it at the Harlem House. Almost good as at my mama's house. Make it out to Klondike. We're representing Memphis. I grew up there, so don't talk about my city. From the hood to the burbs, we all stay busy. From the bottom to the top, we got it all locked. T, not with the MGs, but with mm. the Roots, who, mm. as funny enough, you mentioned earlier, they're Jimmy Fallon's house band yes. on the Tonight Show. They are brilliant. They're best ever thing, I think, because they sometimes get sort of stars in to play mm. things in a room with them. It's worth looking up their version of Enter Sandman by Metallica, played on children's instruments with a couple of Metallica singing with them. It is genuinely fantastic. That song should be played on xylophones, melodica and ukuleles at all time. It's extremely good. And they also did on that uh, that theme. They did uh, "Won't Get Fooled Again" with Pete Townsend yes, and Roger that Daltrey was that and, was really and good. Jimmy Fallon and the Roots playing along again, as you say, on children's instruments. Yes. That's a good one too. But there we are. That was uh, Booker T with uh, the Roots, but also with guests Matt Berninger from the National and mm. a very old friend of the Parish Council, Sharon Jones. Indeed, oh, yes. That, yeah, exactly. Yes, all right. Rest in power, Sharon right, Jones. Indeed, Sharon but indeed, Jones. yes. What what a what a lineup of people. You couldn't ask for more than that, really. The album made number eighty five on mm. Billboard. It won a Grammy in twenty twelve. Mm. 
So that was from the album The Road from Memphis. Uh, that was Booker T. Jones and representing Memphis. Yes, but yeah, brilliant. And the thing about the Grammys is that you say it won a Grammy. They are the, the, there are so many Grammys to be won that the kind of winner prize every time element <laughs> of getting nominated for the Grammys does mean that you end up kind of um you sort of end up with discovering lots of excellent bands and albums yes. that you wouldn't otherwise hear. I enjoy the extremely specific categories. <laughs> um the the Simpsons um the Simpsons episode that is the with the B sharps, Homer's Bar barbershop oh, quartet yeah. heavily based on the beatles they win the um they win the grammy for best spoken word barbershop or gospel album and there is very much a sort of a, a kind of a oh what three random things like those shops where you well, as harry hill once put it you walk into the shop and go oh i need my shoes resoling and whilst i'm here can you cut my key and oh go on then i'll have a sports trophy as well you know those kind of combinations <laughs> of places i feel like the grammys are often that so i'm glad that, that a prize was won on this occasion by this band <laughs> um well there was a right old hullabaloo when ken mm. bruce uh, left the morning show on bbc radio 2 and uh, we listened in to Ooh, gary davis when he we sat did. in during the break between ken bruce leaving prematurely and the arrival of the new king of the morning vernon mm, Kay. indeed so this week we thought we'd listen in to gauge how vernon is settling in mm. or, or, on the almost hour-long segment i listened into live on wednesday morning yes. it, was, it was difficult to discern any any major change in music policy in or in, in order i heard yaz simply read michael jackson mary mary rita aura and dusty springfield mm. and if anything i would have expected more up-to-date music when it was ken bruce running the mm. show but early days jules did vernon k's puppyish enthusiasm enhance your morning well, I mean, I it was I wouldn't usually listen to Radio Two no, to be honest, but I, I I thought I'd give it a go because you instructed me to, and I like to do what I'm told for the good <laughs> yeah. the good of our of our podcast, our partnership, our listenership, the nation, <laughs> etc. So so yes, you know, whatever's I will do it. Um, so actually, I thought because I stopped listening to Ken Bruce because I thought the music was so poor actually for ages. I you just I went through a phase, particularly when Michael Ball sat in of well was well of really anemic eighties pop that i'd never heard of and stuff like go west as well and and i just stopped listening so actually i found the music to be a pleasant surprise i thought it was quite good um there was a bit of i heard i heard some of the most um of friday's show i think so i heard calvin harris and rihanna and i heard something by billy porter so i did hear some slightly more modern stuff i also enjoyed holiday by madonna um and uh, hot stuff by uh, donna so he did that annoying slightly local radio-esque dj thing of starting the record playing and then coming back in to tell us something slightly inane and then leaving oh, before the vocal, which i find very irritating anyway vernon k difficult to dislike i think um it's it's one of those things where he doesn't he was trying a bit hard i felt although having said that it is his first week so i can understand that yes. you try hard to establish yourself i thought he was quite cheery with people that wrote in and doing shout outs he did a very good shout out to someone's nan which i very much enjoyed um he's continuing the herculean task of resting with the format of 10 at the top which i'd like more than you do but um i thought he was fine you know i didn't think he was brilliant i didn't think he was awful i think that radio 2 will probably be pleased with how he discharged himself during his first week he might need to calm down a little bit he was a little bit overly cheery i felt so that is sort of his cheery northern chappy persona anyway which is one of the reasons why they picked him i wouldn't you know i wouldn't use a decent radio too i wouldn't go oh he's outstanding i must listen to this every day but equally if i was on in the back of a taxi and he was on it wouldn't offend me you're right it is difficult perhaps even a little unfair to assess in his first few days mm. but I, 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 I like you i can imagine him settling down into this slot yes Don't, i think you will I really picked up on some weird aspects. I'll come back to those in a second. He, 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 I'm just thinking about what you said. He's got no gravitas at all, but he, no. he does have a clear speaking voice. There's no sort of slurring. Yeah. But, no, I thought um, he's got, he's a, a, good, proper he's got speaker. a good enough. Yeah, he's a good enough radio voice, I thought. But Absolutely. you're right. There were times, I, I felt this as well, there were times when he veered into the sort of bubbly vim of a 1980s yes. local radio DJ. Hi, I'm yes. Vernon. But uh, yeah, I refer to weirdness. And this is... This is where it'll be interesting, I think, to see mm. if his producer or the controller step in and advise him. Um, he gave this obscure shout out to some of his friends, um, mm. which I thought is that's pretty unforgivable. It wasn't like a joke. It was, you know, he was playing a record for his friends. I thought it was pretty unforgivable on a mm. national professional radio station. Um, 
on Wednesday when I was listening, there was this really peculiar mini quiz called Vernon's Vaults, where right. listeners have to identify a disguised archive clip. And it really didn't work at all because um, mm. the archive clip went like this. Um, it was slowed down, so it went. And you're supposed to, you know, get whatever that was from. It was ridiculous. Um, That's silly. Also, on the day I listened, I'm sorry to be so critical, but I may as well get say it. Get get it out now. Yeah, exactly. There was a pointless texting. This really was. It made me laugh. It was so Alan Partridge. There was a texting about a topic of the day, and on Hmm. Wednesday it was about commuting etiquette and people texted in genuinely someone said let the people off the train before you get on and somebody else said always stand on the right on escalators yeah it was pointlessly so obviously Um, i felt someone was going to text in and say don't forget to buy a ticket. Exactly. Yeah, really, yes. she completely Don't but put the, your feet on the seat. Yes, indeed. It's, <laughs> the, it's a bit much. The elephant in the room remains the flawed quiz, 10 to the top yes. for me. Pre-recorded, yes. Pre-recorded, it simply doesn't work. It remains confusing and a broken, unfair format. A strong producer, I think, needs to intervene on all these points. But as you say, good luck to Vernon Kay. Indeed, it might well be that he settles down. And the funny thing is, is I didn't hear what you described, but but the, 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 they're dedicating to your mates. Yes. Vernon Kay has was, been on Radio 1 for years. It wasn't like the, this is Vernon Kay's first national uh, job. I'm quite surprised, I must I say, that, that he was so green some of it might be nerves i suppose mm, but um yeah I, so. yeah I wish Vernon k well i think he probably does have potential to settle down into into it i suspect that he was whatever the radio equivalent of screen testing is quite a lot i suspect that there that there is wisdom in their their sort of their, their idea of putting him on let's see how he grows exactly now yesterday i was looking at um this week in pop history oh nice and i came across I like these. three brief historic nuggets of news oh lovely i I think it'll be interesting to look back uh, on and get your reaction just want to Mm. explain to the listeners you've no idea uh, i haven't told you yes no i've just been told to expect some moments in pop history yeah exactly so um this first one i just find them all very interesting Mm. and again how life has changed all of them on the 16th of may in years gone by 16th of may 1969 Hmm. Pete Townsend spent the night in a U.S. Uh, jail oh for assaulting a man during a who gig at the Fillmore East. What Townsend didn't know was the man who jumped onto the stage was a plainclothes policeman trying to <laughs> warn the audience that a fire had broken out. I mean, I, I feel that, that perhaps the plane goes policeman. I feel that situation could have been better handled, really. I, I mean, why, you know, have they not heard? I was telling my mum about Inspector Sands today. Have they not heard of Inspector Sands? Surely he should have been invoked at this moment in time. My sympathy is to Pete Townsend, who probably thought, who is this nerd that has just jumped onto my stage? I feel that the authorities could have perhaps discharged their duties. Also, why do you need a plane goes policeman to tell the audience that there's a fire? Surely a plain, an unplain clothes fire brigade person would be the would be the the obvious choice of dispatch here. Yes, sympathies to I don't again something I wouldn't often say, but sympathies to Pete Townsend, who perhaps did what many of us would have done. And again, it talked about a contrast to the modern day. Mm. Uh, in, in this report uh, from 1969, it says the Who guitarist was fined thirty dollars for the offence. And mm. I was thinking, in the kind of state of being in America at the pre- uh, at present, mm. you know, if he thumped uh, a policeman on stage now, he'd probably be shot. I was going to say we'd yeah. never see him again. He'd, yeah. he'd be he'd be taken to a farm somewhere to live with a yeah. nice family, wouldn't he? We wouldn't we wouldn't be familiar with with the words of Pete Townsend anymore. This one we're going to need your, your uh, professional expertise on. Oh, and you'll no. know why in a moment, OK? Oh, I just oh, want to know right. uh, how much is going to be my question. The oh, London man. Evening Standard, 16th of May, 1977. OK. The London Evening Standard reported that Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant mm. had been arrested at Atlanta Airport well, for being drunk. These, yes. Oh, dear. For being drunk and pulling a knife. Oh, man. Exactly. Robert, what but are you doing? Wait, just wait for this. 
Since Plant was at his home in Wales at the time of the mm. incident, the person arrested was a man impersonating Plant and the <laughs> British paper ran an apology the following night. So I want to know, is, do you think in 2023, the lawsuits, he'd get a million out of that, wouldn't he, Robert Plant? I, you would think so, wouldn't you? You'd think he'd be looking at a substantial, what what us legal people like to use the technical term as a substantial sum for that, uh, for that thing. Although, interestingly, have Having just Googled, as you said, Robert Plant's arrest, come across this rather entertaining headline in page six. Just goes to show Robert Plant very good at other people getting arrested on his behalf. Yeah. Joan Jett, I blame Robert Plant for my only arrest. Um, mm. She was, um, she said it was in England on the run, first runaways tour. So about to catch the ferry to France. I blame Robert Plant because we once asked him what souvenirs we should get on the road. He said he took hotel room keys in oh, England. The keys were big, ornate metal things. Um, I have four. The cut of customs, the guy said, mm, sticky fingers, you're under arrest and put me in a jail cell. So basically, <laughs> don't hang out with or look like Robert Plant. He will get you into trouble and then run away. Exactly. Well, my favourite of these three is from the 16th of May, 1998. Mm. And um, Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards fell while reaching for a book of nude art in his Connecticut home. The fall broke his ribs, causing the Stones to postpone many dates on their Bridges to Babylon tour. And it's that detail that he was reaching for a book of nude art that makes this story so compelling. It does, rather. And Keith Richards, known, of course, for... A, a banjaxing Rolling Stones sort of a tours by injuring himself in slightly, slightly chaotic ways. Because when you started telling that story, I thought you were about to tell me about the time in 2006 that he fell out of a palm tree when he it was on vacation me. with yeah, his Hollywood families in <laughs> Fiji. It was a 40. Initially, it was thought he'd fallen 40 feet. He did, in fact, um, fall seven feet. Um, and, you know, damn again, yet again, damaged himself as a result. He'd also apparently had a um, a jet ski. Um, and it was rumoured that he had a jet ski accident, although he was very critical of them. He said it was a gnarled low tree that was basically a horizontal branch second feet seven feet off the ground and um yes uh, it, it he said that um he got a blinding headache and um ended up had fractured his skull and had an intercr- intracranial hemorrhage as a result so yes as keith mm. richards continues to live life in an extremely chaotic way at various points over the years so basically what we've learned from this is don't associate yourself with Robert Plant. Don't expect Keith Richards to not damage himself if you've got tour dates to do. Um, what what can I say? We've we've learned, and also don't punch anybody that you think might be violent because it turns out they're a policeman. So so it, you know as ever, learning bought, Sir T. Learning bought. These are great life lessons. Uh, mm. That you're right there, George. That's, that's that's the that's the thing to take away from this. I think. Yes, is, exactly. Uh, and yeah. also, don't take hotel keys, Joan Jett. Don't no. take advice from Robert Plant. No, and, and don't reach out too far for a book of nude art either. It's, it's just uh, it's just going to end in in, in trouble. Thank, thanks very much for listening this week. Good to have you along. Yes, very much agree with my uh, my learned colleague and great friend, and we're spelling that G R A T E, Sir Terence. Now, Vernon Kay, he could do a lot worse than listen and learn from Juliet's radio show. This is too kind. Thank you. Although, having said that, I have done shout outs to family and friends before on this. So presumably I now need to be to use your usual kind of restrained, proportionate responses to things banned immediately from everything ever. But anyway, um, I, I have to shout, if you'd like a shout out. Do get in touch, smooth sailing radio show at gmail.com. Um, yes, at smooth sailing, 79 pm on evenings, on uh, Sunday evenings on noiseboxradio.com. Also, alternatively, you can listen to Lost for Words, which is my instrumental show, from 8 to 9 pm on Thursday evenings. There are various repeats during the week. I think smooth sailing goes out at 6 on Mondays and, uh, and Lost for Words goes out at 11 on, on Tuesday mornings, when you should, in fact, be listening to Vernon Kay, but I'll leave that short <laughs> up to you. And um, yeah, indeed, your mind is may vary and uh, you can also find old shows on mixcloud.com if you search or on the app for mixcloud if you search for noisebox radio all of the previous shows are up there to play us out a woman called bessie yes i heard this so i've listeners last week will probably recall that i've got quite into um 
shoegaze recently and um and shoegaze music and actually quite a lot of the younger people seem to be as well because this is a fairly fairly newish song this is bessie turner and this is donkey Listening to a parish council production.